0: Welcome everyone to Andor, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Galactic Core. My name is Matt and joining me in the big round white room is Pete. Hello there, Pete.
1: Rebels unite. This is the Andor podcast by Fantastic Geek for Andor episode 10, One Way Out.
0: Pete. This is not only a week in, in which we get to podcast yet again the greatest episode of Andor, uh, but also on Monday we will be podcasting Black Panther Wakanda Forever on both the uh, Marvel Movie Podcast feed and the Pop Culture Podcast feed, and can't wait to dive into this uh, long awaited, much anticipated movie.
1: Yes, definitely want to hear your feedback so get that to us no later than uh, early Monday and we will be getting that
0: podcast out to you. Also teased a day or two ago and then confirmed more solidly uh just in the last day was the Star Wars collabo uh lucasfilm plus studio ghibli there in japan pete what is the product that uh, they've created with real hands
1: with real hands here matt this the uh zen uh grogu and dust bunnies uh short hitting uh disney plus today
0: so among other things, Pete, I appreciate, A, maybe not all Star Wars is always made for people who are children in the 1970s slash 1980s, and that's a good thing. Uh, also, I think it's really interesting how Star Wars in particular lends itself to some of these mashups, these you know different creative voices, and just kind of really taking different twists and turns and not always making Star Wars the same thing.
1: And news, Matt, continuing this side out of the uh, uh, live-action Star Wars universe, the Acolyte cast has been formally announced. Uh, some uh, holdover announcements that had kind of leaked out. Uh, and one old friend, a complete new announcement.
0: Well, Pete, let's start with that new tv friend or that old tv friend new to this show uh carrie ann moss joining the cast of the acolyte uh along with the previously announced uh amanda Lestenberg. um many Jacinto is on that list i, I don't think pete that daphne keen you know she of uh of logan all those years ago and more recently uh some hbo stuff i don't think she'd been previously announced um no. but this is shaping up to be quite a cast
1: uh Lee Jung Jae of Squid Game i mean yeah this this looks to be a special thing probably not gonna see the acolyte until uh late 2023 nay early 24 uh probably before your andor season 2
0: it always blows my mind how some of these things just out of necessity have such long prep time and here we are excited about it and when we're going to be able to see it and or as a show won't be a thing anymore probably it's just it's it, it is the way of things pete the force binding us through all times and time periods etc plug in you should be able to interpret the entire imperial network
1: let's take a closer look at the data tapes smuggled out about this episode Olaf is zipped up in a white body bag and taken on a hover trolley through the factory floor. Kino puts on a new shirt as Keith tells him they need to go tomorrow. Go where? Because Kino can't swim? Keith argues they'll never have a better chance because they don't have enough guards and they know it. Their fear is showing after killing a hundred men to keep them quiet. Kino calls that power, but Keith says power doesn't panic. 5,000 men are about to find out they're never leaving there alive. Shouldn't that worry them upstairs? Whatever they're making is clearly something they need and they can't afford to be surprised again. They'll never be fewer guards than tomorrow. A tone sounds, and Kino gets on program. He says it might be wise to have a plan, but Keefe says they do. Who? Him? Burnock? And Melshi? Pfft. As the tone counts down, Kino grabs Keefe, who explains the plan, works around the new man coming to replace Olof, which might not happen again until it's too late. He'd rather die trying uh, to take them down than giving them what they want. And Keefe gets on program.
0: Indeed, the time is now. Uh, I really enjoy the moment here as 1st uh, Andor, kind of like the emotional thrust. Though I'm about to focus on you know set dressing, uh, the emotional thrust here and/or seeing the kino won't inspire everyone won't share the plan and so forth so it is andor who holds court Uh, i do like that we see how there's this uh kind of roving uh cold spot on the floor you know where the electricity is turned off as they as they walk uh to their bunks there again that's probably not what i should be focusing on it should be like the passion stirred the desire to fight oppression even if you must lay down your life but i also appreciate kind of the mechanics of how the thing works here Uh, Kino uh, tells everyone that two shifts were fried to fix a mistake. Some men believe him and some do not. Uh, But then Kino screams, No one is getting out. Uh, Pete, story clocks on top of story clocks. You know, must be tomorrow because the low guard count. Must be tomorrow, new man coming in. Must be, we must take action because no one is getting out. The rumors are true and they're not going to let us go ever. You're going to end up dying here or in the next place, the next prison and so forth. Uh, with that, we see heads in cells, conversations going on as things start to get figured out.
1: At ISBHQ, HQ, Legrette says that Anto Krieger's men took the bait and are asking for a landing bay at Kafreen as Miro and Lonnie Young watch in real time. Major Partigas arrives with his coat on, and she tells him they're towing in the ship with the dead pilot. The operator appears to have frozen following hydraulic failure on hyperspace reentry. Partigas says they'll hang back and wait. Lonnie doesn't think they should step away lest they alert them. They should do what they normally do with an unidentified ship and dead pilot. Take a look as Miro listens intently. The least suspicious thing they can do is take an interest. And Partagaz says, that's what they'll do. And Miro hustles out of the room.
0: She does. And it was only on second view when I noticed she kind of nods to uh another officer i think her assistant to kind of like all right let's go um i think it's meant to be a bit ambiguous as to whether miro is annoyed that someone has out shone her in this moment or whether she's just out to go continue further for their plans uh the, the isb rowing is one and so forth or she's on to lonnie young oh 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 uh back to the prison we go where it's the next morning uh Kino says everyone is done counting shifts uh there's only because you can't
1: count those shifts in the font that it changes from what what <laughs> number to what number did it go
0: <laughs> pete i think if you're raised one
1: fifty six to 2155 but man it's hard to read
0: i think if you're raised in the tradition it's easier to follow it but uh i I would agree. It's a bit tough to read, um, but there's good news, Pete. Maybe that's on purpose because there's only then and now. You know, mm-hmm. the the number actually doesn't matter because it's 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 a construct here. Uh, there's only one way out. You know, like the name of the episode. He said the thing. He, he said the thing. Uh, Kino is going to assume that he is dead and uh, take things from there. There's no need need to warn the night shift. They will uh, hear soon enough. Uh, which works out well since they're told, as the lights turn to white, that skybridge transfers are now going to be done uh, all silent and on program. Um, so again, that just works out well that there's no opportunity for them to to share those thoughts there. Uh, and ultimately, in the build room uh, or factory floor, as you have called it, Pete, which probably is more accurate. Probably the build room is a little too crafty and aspirational for what it actually is but regardless in the room in which things are built in a factory setting kino watches andor and andor looks up to keep an eye on the guard situation
1: on ferricks stormtroopers stand in front of the overtaken hotel as the work bell tolls in the morning jezzy tells dr malmoy and others about marva they just caught her hiding her medicine when she asked her about it, Marva told her the pills were tamping down her appetite. But all of this is watched by Sinta as also joined by one of Miro's ISB spies. That's Corv, who brought Cyril Karn in for questioning.
0: Classic Corv, classic Corv. In Mon Mofma's uh, palatial estate here, uh davo says that he hasn't been here for a while uh I- indeed for many many years but he's not that impressed with the old design of the place pete buckle up for a scene here that's just i mean tight writing okay it seems to be just an introduction here oh it's old she says uh mon can't make many changes to the t- to the decor as it's state property okay no, no no we are seating for as the conversation continues davo is still unimpressed uh, it's cliche, but he likes likes things being new. He likes not needing to worry about the opinions of others. It's something that money brings. It lets him always think about what's around the corner. Uh, and uh, he's curious. Uh, that has led things to be profitable. A weird line, maybe a line in excess. I don't know. He's met Perrin many times. But no, no, no. They're here uh, for different reasons. We're not
1: turning down that corner.
0: I think we all had the same mental image of like Pete, I think we just had the mental image of do you remember, do you remember the type of business establishment uh, from the first episode of Andor, what with the the things for sale and such, the 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 services for sale and so forth? I kind of feel like that's the place where Perrin goes after a long day of not working, to have space beer with Davo and to come home late and so forth um but but pete the different reasons here uh they're about to talk about you know the fluidity of banking uh but davo mentions you know it's good to take value in the old ways sometimes the old ways you know like like early marriage seamless transition from perrin who's a hound dog to whom we know mon had to get married uh too early uh and other traditions uh, without even knowing pete that we're setting up the wallop to end this scene but we're not there yet
1: Yes, he says those old ways have value. Uh, And he steers the conversation to uh, Mon Mothma's banking needs here. Uh, Take Holma doubles down on Mon's scheduling, uh, but Skulden wants to hear her say it. She says they're exploring alternative financial arrangements for their foundation. Skolden says they've reached a scale in their holdings that permit a great variety of transactions to be bundled in ways to make outside observation impossible but people like her with immaculate reputation sometimes feel that by taking advantage of the opportunity they're somehow tarnished but the money is theirs and they ought to be able to move it as they like with their privacy intact The new regulations the Empire has put into place are as cumbersome as they are avoidable. And Skulden says they've made a game out of it, and he plays. Mon Mothma emphasizes it's a charitable fund they're establishing, but Skulden's been told, and she asks what the arrangement will cost. Tay has assumed it will be a percentage of the funds transferred, but Scalden doesn't want a fee as money means very little to him at this point, even invokes charity. But Mon Mothma insists and he refuses. She'd prefer not to owe any favors and feel more comfortable paying him for his trouble. But Davos Scalden sighs and says he'd like a return invitation at least once, which Mon Mothma, is sh- sure, can be arranged. But then he brings up his 14-year-old son that he'd like to bring, too. And Mon Mothma, just like us, puts it all together. He can't be serious.
0: It's just such a remarkable scene. Um Pete, this is another Beau here, here on
1: That They were going to make lita dead instead they're just gonna make her dead inside
0: well that's just it i mean i think that i think that our theory discussions in prior episodes in which lita has kind of continued to be injected back into the story and it's clearly been the show saying you know don't forget don't forget she's an iron in the fire the story's gonna use her the story's gonna use her oh there's all this tension 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 and you're saying all right well not for nothing they're not gonna do some sort of boring you know like i hate you mom slam the door and you know Mom, Mon being like, turn down that, you know, Tatooine, uh, you know, <laughs> music there. It's all so silly, you know, like it's got, it's got to have something substantial, right? It's a TV show, it's a Star Wars TV show. So, yeah, the idea, oh, it's going to be, she's going to rat out her mom or things of that sort. No, now it's just the child returneth to, to, you know, to, to, to childish things, which is to say, you know, she'll be, she'll be of age, of age soon. Uh, Davo saying, you know, so let's, you know, of course we're not going to like actually betroth them. He says, uh, actor, uh, Richard Delane, avoiding eye contact here. Just in a, I mean, his performance is wonderful as well. He's avoiding eye contact because of course they're talking about, um, you know, about, bringing these two together with oh you know, well who knows maybe sparks will fly well one gets the sense of the subtext here that really um you know these two betroth them um and you know think about it says davo on the way out she having said no 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 uh she's not going to think about it and again just this pause here richard delane avoiding eye contact you know looking looking in the in the air, sensing in the air, you know, as he says, that's the first untrue thing you've said this entire time. And just, I mean, this is a scene. This is, this is just such a a powerful scene.
1: To leave the room with Genevieve O'Reilly here, seated, shuddering, just tremendously staged all around, Clea arrives at Luthen's gallery to tell him there was a mark on the fountain, which he says could be anything. That's what she thought. So she went to the stairs and the rail was gone, Matt. Clean break. It was fresh. That means he, whoever he is, uh, Lonnie Young, of course, in the context of the episode, wants a face to face meeting. There goes the day, Luthen says. Clay doesn't like the timing, but he says she doesn't like anything <laughs> as he heads into the back and removes his robe. She says he should take the ship and go somewhere safe while she handles it, but he says she knows that's not happening. It's been a year. Luthen's surprised he's waited that long. Claya asks if it's a trap, and he says if it is, they've already lost
0: we go back to the prison where uh tensions amongst the prisoners slash workers are clearly high uh we see that andor steps away from the table he's going to head to the old water closet if one may be discreet about it there pete what's it called in the star wars universe vac vac tube The, uh, (laughs) the vac tube is a attachment it's a refresher
1: sometimes shortened to a fresher
0: all right well uh, pete he's going to refresh his digestive system
1: that's, that's your old toilet or perhaps your turlet
0: <laughs> um but on his way there he's handed a wrench that he quickly kind of hides uh, a wrench or other tool i'm using it in a, in a, in a generic sense here uh Kino looks on looks petrified uh and again it's another example here of andy circus giving a speech that sounds confident he's it's got all the voice actor stuff but then look on his face is just you know this sheer terror here you know the speech about their are gotta get ahead in the whole rack race here uh once properly in the lavatory area and or uh keep sawing at the piece of pipe that we saw a little bit of last time um but intercut with that in the kind of overlooking entry room if you will the guard shack one might say uh there's a fresh inmate uh the new man is almost here Andor, back to now wrenching the pipe starting to move it it bends a bit water beating out the guards look down how the things look oh everything is good uh as soon as there's
1: definitely not an uprising brewing right now don't see one at all
0: Oh, look, they're just handing out extra parts to each other that can be used (laughs) as clubs or throw weapons. Um, Properly, Pete, look, my notes say Andor gets a leak going. I just want to say within context, that's because of the water main pipe that he has broken and not because he's uh, taken a refresher for himself. Um, But we see that that pipe is now breaking more and more.
1: The Guards look over the room again. Zol whistles as they're handing those objects out to those other workers and the alarm sounds as someone's coming onto the floor where the guards open the door and the inmates are ordered on program. Two guards enter. Keef, our Andor or uh, cover name here, has a gusher going and returns to the room, looking at Kino and nodding at Birnok Keef has his improvised weapon beneath the back of his shirt, and a third guard brings the new man through the door. Kino echoes the announcer that they hold their position as water cascades down the hall into the room. The lift is engaged. Zal and another inmate start to yell at each other as a distraction and begin to fight as the lift lowers. And suddenly, Keith jams it halfway down with his rod, and Kino yells for them to take advantage. Now, Beardock scales the lift, and the guard zaps the new inmate as the lift breaks. The new inmate zaps the guard and is shot dead. Kino is thrown a tool and then yells for others to attack by throwing things at the two remaining guards who fire onto the floor. Burnock is shot down as he climbs. The water gets closer to the tables as a guard tells the others to spark the floor, and Kino tells everybody to get on the tables. The floor is engaged, and one inmate gets fried but it shorts out and the room goes dark the button is dead Kino looks down at the floor and leads them to attack and the guard radios with a slight situation on 52 uh, 5-2-d as he overhears a barrage of blaster fire
0: just a a wonderful cacophony of action and sound uh and so forth here also I think worth pointing out uh though we lose some supporting players here
1: um gets it
0: yeah and I think somewhat surprisingly I think that we know this is a a game of numbers now and there's 50 men in the room to the two guards on the uh you know on the lift down couple more in the guard shack uh area and so forth so you know just as i say game of numbers here um we have uh indeed one of those guards uh firing his blaster then ultimately pulled down cassian uh that's your andor that's your Keef. uh now has the blaster and takes out another and another including the console uh guards pete i think if one wanted to be uncharitable to the show you could callously count up the number of people in this episode uh, this episode alone that andor kills uh you know the andor shoots dead it's probably a higher number than you think like it might be six to eight people um desperate times desperate actions and so forth but uh probably not the first thing that would come to mind was you know andor kills eight people by shooting them in the face and the head and the chest and all that but uh i'm here to tell you it happens
1: Well, I mean, in Rogue One, before they go on the big mission, he acknowledges they've all done terrible things in the name of the rebellion. So it's about putting him in position to ultimately make that sacrifice on that mission. I mean, what happens as a result of his prison experience here, Matt, he is he is fully weaponized. He went to jail because he screwed up on an unrelated rap um, and had no allegiance to the rebellion. Now, he's been radicalized.
0: Um, it's true, and we're certainly we're seeing that process unfold here. Uh, unfold, uh, as well as drip, drip, drip. The water is going. Uh, we're now on another factory floor uh pete i'm gonna assume just because it's
1: gotta be four right (laughs) uh well
0: yeah it's not
1: three (laughs) right
0: that's just it 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 is logically uh below uh the uh you know our our main factory floor room um i love how there's a few smiles of these prisoners just having the scent of change in the air do they know that there's a full rebellion maybe rebellion is a loaded word in star wars so they know there's a full prisoner uprising happening a floor above no but they know something is wrong which they are happy about uh we go back to Andor, uh who's helping distribute guard shack weapons to the other inmates uh and other guards elsewhere are wonder- wondering what's going on uh at 52d uh our goodies have blasters the baddies have them as well um and uh, on, in yet another workroom, or maybe it's the one with the water dripping. I think it kind of becomes a, a, a an unnotable difference here. Uh, the guard is blasted off a balcony, uh, and a, a passing prisoner says that there's only one way out: fight. Uh, and we see that happening in the stairwell, and more.
1: Keith and Kino ascending there. Melshi ambushes a guard outside another room. He frees. Uh, when three guards running their way are taken out by Taga, Jembok, and two others, the announcer makes a facility wide emergency announcement. Complete program protocol will commence in 40 seconds as Keith and Kino close in. In the control room, we see the blue uniformed announcer say any deviation or failure to comply will result in unit wide floor activation the count is engaged by another techs are waiting to secure the floor before they can shut down the water break the announcer orders level five isolated and a firewall burned around it as kino arrives to tell them it's too late we have the graphics on the screen, there we can tell the scope of the uprising and the prisoners. We can see the the shapes of the facility. The announcer tells them they shouldn't be there. Uh, Kino tells him to turn it off, which he says can mean so many things. So Kino shoots a tech. The other tech turns off the alarm.
0: <laughs> um, Keith it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, just a great moment there. Keith orders the announcer to step away, and Kino tells the tech to shut down all the floors, which the announcer tells him to comply with. Keith tells him not to just turn it off, but to cut the power. And the tech says it's all hydro. So once they turn it off, it'll take months to get back and running again. I don't think they're going to use this facility. At least this this one pylon of this facility. You know, this was one of several in that place. But we'll we'll talk about how that cookie's going to crumble when we discuss theories.
0: Ultimately, it is uh, the the voice man, the boss man, who's the the only one who can properly turn off the hydro main power supply. Uh, he pushes some buttons we see the damn vents uh, closing Pete I might have been a little late here with my theory but I just want to say with those damn vents closing it's sort of a damn busted if you will look my damn busters theory came to fruition just in a different time a different place and different context and all of that but uh, now it is Pete the guards the guards who are put on program Uh, and I love that the the lower level text like figure it out a little bit you know, a half a second before uh the boss man, uh that like what you do during uh uh during on program, and indeed the irony of the prisoner telling you to do it and all of that. Uh Kino takes the microphone as uh the backup lights come on. Uh and Andor says, Kino, tell them uh what to do like you do every day. And he starts out saying that his name is Kino Loy. He's the day shift manager on level Uh, 5d speaking to you from the command center on level eight we are in control of the facility it's a good speech but andor wants more Kino adds that uh, how far they get and how long it lasts is going to be up to them every floor is deactivated all floors are cold get up stop the work take charge start climbing they don't have enough guards and they, uh, and they know it, the guards, the, the, the man, if you will, uh, this is our best chance. Uh, he says Pete in, uh, subtitles would show quotation marks here because he's quoting and, or I'd rather die trying, uh, than uh, give them what they want. Uh, he, he shares that indeed a hundred men were fried on level two. These sentences are made up. No one outside knows what's happening. Uh, when you are released you're going to be sent to another prison to die and that ends today there's only one way out run climb kill help each other uh indeed help the confused and the lost and uh it, it, again is repeated one way out
1: it's not the monologue of the episode stellan skarsgard gets that but it's not terribly far behind it as this speech is being made uh keith checks a corner and melshi taga and the others have arrived at the control room um the five thousand of them here they're gonna make their way out if they fight half as hard as they've worked they'll be home in no time and then the chanting here there's a quick reaction shot the doctor hearing this announcement um, and they let the announcer, the tech live as they watch all those dots in the center of the screen coming up the the stairwell. Uh, Inmates run across sky bridges where some fall and trip others uh, coming up stairwells chanting as well. The guards cower quietly behind a door that gets a quick look through the window. And then the inmates pass on, uh, you know, zap rods in hands there to try to protect themselves from those inmates. And ultimately, they reach the open air and look down into the water. One jumps, then more keith. Tells Melshi, whatever happens now, they've made it. Keefe looks over to Kino and asks, what's wrong? The hesitation burned into Andy Circus's face. He can't swim. What? What's that? He can't swim. And before he can do anything about it to help him, because no way Keith was going to leave him, he's knocked over and out of the prison
0: pete on what my notes uh corrected to chorus can't uh which i think is meant to be <laughs> on coruscant um because i was like can't there's a chorus uh, i was confused but now i'm now i'm less so we're on coruscant uh we're at the base of a building an isb supervisor young uh, is in civvy clothes, making his way through shady paths. Uh, sometimes, uh, even covering his face as he walks past some of the some of the aliens that Tony Gilroy has declared shall not be in the foreground. Uh, so I guess maybe young here, uh, uh, an avatar for Tony Gilroy, looking away from the aliens. Uh, ultimately, he goes into a, an elevator uh, and and enters it. He puts in a sequence, which I think is meant to be, you know, one of your three uh three floor dealios here so you're putting in your hundreds your tens and your ones um but once the elevator is underway he reaches up finds a comm unit and puts it in his ear uh which pete to my eyes is the first time we've seen a star wars comm unit in the ear now maybe there have been other instances but definitely like that's not how it was done in george's day i know that
1: he had not invented in the past a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away
0: Bluetooth just yet. Um, there is what I think at first appeared to be a message from Luthen, but no, it's actually Luthen on the line. Um, by the way, says Luthen, if it's if, if it's a trap put in for you know a different floor here, uh, and apparently it is not. So with that, Luthen gives congratulations, Young, for what? For your healthy new daughter, uh, which is worth discussing since we haven't talked in a year. Uh, for Young, it's uh, regrettable that Luthen has been watching him and watching his family and so forth. Uh, but why are we here? Young talks about Dej Ramiro on the rise, looking for Axis, the man who is coordinating the theft of parts. Uh, who is the middleman, along with this thief that is being looked for. Luther wants all of this to be encouraged. Uh, it's good that she's wasting time. So interesting that we see kind of, there's a certainly a level of trust here, but Luthan is not sending all the trust back. Uh, he's asked, Luther is, did you, did you have your hand on the Aldani job? No, 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 that was all about luck, and we don't believe in that. Versus, Luthan, we
1: were invited but declined. Same thing he did with Saw Guerrera. He trusts no one, and it's awesome.
0: <laughs> um, Young then adds the business about Krieger's pilot and uh, information pointing towards the upcoming Spellhouse attack uh Luthan, we have to stop it they're gonna they're gonna walk into an ambush here's the, all the particulars of it Luther actually is ready to let the attack happen to sacrifice the 50 men uh not only will will it be uh, proof that the isb is on the wrong path but those 50 men will die so that young's daughter can have a father which is some cold cold mathematics right there
1: what better way to reassure the ISB they don't have a leak in security than by sacrificing Krieger? Uh, heavy theory stuff coming up next segment. The elevator stops and the door opens with Luthan there, and this kind of catacomb catwalk. This this is a straight up Star Wars environment here, rail railless. Dangerous environment. Um, you know, why are they really, really there today? Uh, Lonnie Young can't do it anymore than he's a father. Uh Luthan reminds him they took a vow. Uh, but he's given a Miro spellhouse warning about Ferrex to honor that vow. He's been working his way alone, mind you the ISB for six years. So what? His plan was to gather a big basket of goodies as a farewell gift? What will he tell the ISB? Well, he's going to tell them about it, his health. His wife's family has an import business, but Luthen says that even as he says the words, he knows it's impossible. They can't let him go, spare him. His career has profited greatly from info Luthen's provided that cost him dearly. And Krieger's men are gonna die to make sure again that his daughter has a father. He's trapped and it gives Luthen no pleasure to say it. Lonnie's investment in the rebellion is epic. He's a hero. Lonnie asks Luthen just what exactly he sacrifices
0: so we may have had a better andy circus performance (laughs) last week but i would argue that when not if but when andy Mm circus is nominated for an emmy for guest actor uh i think we're going to get the one way out speech i would also say that this speech we're about to uh review here with luthan when Stellan Skarsgård is nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a drama series. It's going to be, the Emmy clip is going to be this scene uh, in which he notes that he's given up calm, kindness, kinship, love, given up all inner peace. Uh, He shares his dreams with ghosts. He's living his equation, one made 15 years ago. There's no escape and he doesn't consider the costs. He's condemned to use the tools of his enemy to defeat them. Uh, and he works for a sunrise that he'll never see he will never get uh thanks he's sacrificed let's use the environment here everything echo effect turned on to great effect there uh stay with me Lonnie. uh for Luthen needs heroes uh pete this show got better when tony gilroy phoned up his old boss Bo willimon and said Hey, you want to make a Star Wars? No, no, a real Star Wars with me, because uh, this is just the best speech of the series. I would argue
1: it's a top tier, dramatic moment delivered by a top of his game performer. You know the the one thing I'm thinking as I'm watching it, like, all right, this, this is the star Wars universe. Could, could I see Luke Skywalker existing alongside this character or Obi-Wan Kenobi or, or choose whoever? Um, it, it's not been a challenge yet, but it, it just feels like they're at such a high level. It's almost denigrating everything that's come before
0: it certainly is the case that i don't know the quality of this show and the formula of its success does does have one question the formula of other star wars successes and how that all how that all works but Pete here's how this episode works it's a show called andor we're not going to end with uh, without one last Andor scene, we go back to narkina Five, uh, where Andor and Melshi have made it to to a beach, uh, a stony booted, as as one is as a runaway uh, prisoner Couldn't and so forth.
1: Stolen some of those fancy boots there felt like a oversight on their part
0: well maybe we'll talk in theories if uh away from the beaches on Narquina 5 if it's all hot lava or something but uh but here's what it is pete though it is a stony uh beach with leafless trees they have a freedom of a sort to end the episode people are starting to stand up just how will the revolution happen and pete let's start with this and this is a this is a question I've had in my head for several several weeks on this show or, or regarding this you know this series and I haven't quite known how to ask it, but I feel like this is the episode to do it. Help me help all of us navigate through how how is how is this show having us how is this story having us how is this universe having us root for? these people attacking the guards and fighting the system and all of that when real world, uh, versions are, are so distasteful to us. Is it merely a galaxy, you know, a long time ago in the galaxy, far, far away. Is it the power of science fiction for us to, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is this, Pete, we had a similar type scene in it, in its broad strokes in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we said, Ah, they're, you know, they're, they're, it was written before there was the attack at the Capitol building, but, but it's, it's, it's making commentary on it. How is it different here? Because it is different.
1: I think it's the humanization of these characters. And it's not taken a tremendous amount. It's not like we've sat there and learned know all about Milchi's home life we know the dude's name and we know that he's in rogue one and he buys it there too on scarif um and that's it that's all we know about him yet we feel for all of these i mean top of the list is is kino you know knowing this entire time that he couldn't swim okay stuck in this facility no wonder he bought in and stepped up to some kind of leadership because his hope of escaping how would we have possibly left
0: i think it's a great observation there for kino um and i would agree too there's a there's a humanity here uh, sometimes with these episodes I, I i get done with it and i say is some poor fool in our real world going to watch one of these episodes and be like yeah blueprint for me to foment a rebellion and, and and not see that there are these differences and i think that you you hammer home on a really on i was gonna say a really good point maybe the only point worth distinguishing uh that you know that that letting one be guided by by humanity and concern for others and so forth that that's the that's the real underlying foundation of it all
1: I mean look what they did with Olaf and he effectively became like the, the mascot of their table and they're stepping up to help him out not the dehumanization of Ah, uh, you're slowing us down, old timer. Get get out of the way so you don't get us fried. No, they they pitched in together. I mean, that's the uniquely Star Wars ideal, right? That, you know, there's more of us than there are of them, and we're going to, you know, band together and, and overcome. That's always remained the case, despite a lot of people confusing that. Um, but what you do with this uprising and, you know, now I think we begin to question the fallout. Yes. It was one of these several structures like this. No idea whether it was a lake or a sea or whatever that they were situated in on Narquina five, but like, all right, if Aldani was a big deal, What's a prison break that doesn't include uh, a princess slash senator, um, you know, going to cause? I mean, is this worthy of Vader, of the Emperor? Clearly the ISB is going to hear about this. And, you know, is this where we'll get the security footage? Oh, there was one guy that looked like this. Oh, my God, that's our... Passing in, Andor.
0: Well, that's a really interesting question, particularly since, A, it returns to one of my Tried and True podcast uh, tools, which is, you know, let's look at the number of episodes we have left and know that we need to kind of artificially create an end to the season soon, and the soon is now in the next two episodes. So I do like the idea that we can have all these disparate it's less disparate threads than it used to be it's or, or, or rather it's less disparate um but the the idea that miro needs to be on the path to andor that the, the that the miro um storyline really needs to intersect with the andor in the present time storyline uh, present time i don't mean yeah you know, i can mean like as of episode 10 not in a you know rogue one sense or something like that um the irony of you mentioning that Pete is that this is an episode that barely features Miro, like uh, barely features the ISB or when Uh,
1: it does having watched this and then you go back, she makes some faces at Lonnie young.
0: Yes. And it'll be interesting
1: onto him.
0: Part of, I don't know how literally to take this notion that Luthen has an actual um, uh, equation. I I do suspect that that's fairly literal. Now, part of Luthen approaching things in such a mathematical way is the truth that it doesn't matter whether Miro is onto Jung or not with um, with the death of Krieger's men and the attack on Spellhouse, which, Pete, I know we had slotted in as our big episode 12 finale of season one and you know it'll be a rebel success of some sort despite great cost given or something like that um i'm now wondering is that something that takes place entirely off screen has it been relegated to an emotional point and not an action point um but to answer your question i think that unless what young tries to go around Luthen to warn krieger's men and then, therefore, Young puts his daughter and wife at risk, which seems unlikely. Um, that there is going to be no leak because nothing will leak out because only the people in the room, then the big round white room, know about uh, the the overall plan here, and nothing will leak out because the plan to attack Krieger's men will be a success. So it's kind of a self sealing problem, self sealing stem bolt, if you will.
1: Star Trek ism there of course uh allowed the show really doubles down with the amount of chicken that's going on between the empire and the rebellion oh well we have to make it look such a way so that the rebels aren't spooked but no we need to let these guys die because otherwise the empire is going to know that we know that they know so it's four-dimensional chess at this point. You know, the only thing that makes me um question whether Miro really suspects Young has any, you know, ill intent ties to the rebellion um is more so, you know, her ambition. And you know we've we've seen her shaken by what karn has done and then be so cold and calculating in these meetings. Okay, we we fouled the, the pilot. We put him back in the uh the ship to get it towed back so that you know now we know what they're doing and we're gonna watch them and we'll be waiting for them if they go to attack. Um you know I, I'd like to see that happen on screen and just see the way in which it could play out. But I, I think your instinct might be right that it's going to be a, yeah, there's 50 dead rebels now victory for the empire. Let's go to Ferrix and see Marva, you know, uh, mess stuff up.
0: It does. It does kind of beg the question. What do the next two episodes look like um a couple of clues i think uh i came across and i had shared shared it with you pete off mic uh there was a bbc one interview uh for the whole press rounds and so forth and uh denise goff uh you know press rounds for for this show and denise goff made reference to she as herself not her character you know she saw stellan star scars guard out at an event and she was like oh maybe next year we'll we'll finally be able to capture you. So I said, maybe uh, Luthen makes it through the next two episodes. Uh, there's been further uh, indications. That Tony Gilroy did a, another sit-down interview with uh, The Hollywood Reporter, and he kind of said, this is just crazy. Used to be you make a movie, and then you just do your press, and now we're on the fifth month of doing press for this show because it's like this episodic thing. Whoa, we're, we're having another big conversation. So a couple of things that he shared from there i think he all but said luther will see it in season 2 so if there's a gun to luther's head in the next 2 weeks i don't mean to be a spoiler guy here but i would not be too concerned about that um there was also a, a reference made in that tony gilroy uh, interview to um he even said to the interviewer did you see this week oh, cuz you know the episode the or the question rather was uh you know so that's it for kino right and Tony Gilroy said, did you watch the episode? Like, this is almost verbatim from the interview. And the guy said, yeah, I watched the episode. And Tony Gilroy said, well, I, I didn't see him die. I, he was right there at the edge, and then the story went somewhere else. Yeah, I didn't see him die, so therefore he, he's not dead right now after the, this episode. The
1: director was, was asked about that as well. So, Matt, stay with me here. Okay. He can still become cloned and <laughs> be used for... Supreme leader Snoke. I, I know Andy circus has said that was his holdup and in getting involved in star Wars again with this great character, you know, is it, is it going to spin these theories out? But like there's a non it's, it's too connected way in which it, it could still happen.
0: Um, I agree. But then Pete, there's this big, stone in front of the tomb of (laughs) of not star wars not 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 anybody individual there's a tomb in front of the or rather there's a stone in front of the tomb of uh rogue one and it's tony gilroy it's tony gilroy doing what he wants to do and he is immovable um he even said in that hollywood uh, reporter interview he said kind of with this note of astonishment it's like this is the best reviewed thing that I have done. Pete, Tony Gilroy is a two-time Oscar nominee for writing and directing the film Michael Clayton. He considers the accolades for Andor to be superior. Uh maybe some of it is recency bias, but he considers that. He considers those I will infer he considers those nominations to be second or, or maybe personal and it wasn't all towards the movie or you know, whatever it might be. But He's loving being in the spotlight here. If he had a gun put to his head and was told by, you know, Pablo Hidalgo from the story group, no, but this must also be the Snoke origin story. That's why we're making you hire Andy Serkis to play this role. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like at any given point, Tony Gilroy could just be like, Star Wars is making me do stuff I don't want to do. I quit. big in a huff and now, you know, like, i I don't know and why would they why would they because it's all been so successful
1: it's far cuter and you know fun to have the theory than to actually have the thing sometimes and i think that's the case here matt i'm super hopeful you know Cassian and, and Melshi they're gonna you know Butch and Sundance this thing into season two because we know they both survive and they're gonna go take a seat in some cantina someplace and Kino Loy gonna be there that's what I'm really hopeful for
0: like the dark the Dark Knight Rises style like you know you,
1: it's funny that <laughs>
0: <But> let's <laughs> kind of look across the room
1: because I had the same image in my mind as i was thinking you know um you're not going to get him just to do a a cameo down the road but you know does he become somebody that in some small way again this idea of a rebellion and the the line that nobody knows what's going on in this prison that's another thing that's going to come out of this episode Mm, yeah okay the social injustice of what they're doing to them. You know, they were asked too on, you know, the round of interviews that came with this block of episodes, you know, what are they building? And Tony Gilroy maintains, we're going to find out what they're building.
0: Um, yes, it it was a great, the The response I saw him give was kind of for, they were like, oh, uh, you know, Diego Luna says it's just a nothing. Like, regardless of whether it's actually trash, as you and I have discussed, that they're making a thing and somebody else is taking them apart. You know, it's, it's just a huge time waster. You know, I think Diego Luna was perhaps in that camp or perhaps like you know it doesn't make any difference what it is it's just stuff right it's just it's these are all fake sets and this is all just a fake thing that they're making and it goes out into the story and does whatever tony gilroy said oh yeah i've heard that theory no no no, it's important um he said
1: it's significant
0: yeah like he and i feel like he almost kind of walked it back because it's like it could be you know because look there's all these star to stars there's all this stuff and there's all these walkers like it could be this it could be that i think he i think he realized it's a major thing and he it's more major than we think um certainly more major than, you know, night shift takes them apart that kind of thing. But um yeah, Tony the, Gilroy it, may be it, letting it
1: out. Irony people have pointed out for you know the weeks they've been in the prison since we've seen these things is that it would be Death Star parts that you know Cassian Andor is in some way helping to construct the thing that is going to be responsible for his death. That he will ultimately seed the hope to destroy, um I mean that's poetic,
0: right, that you just well, gave a poetic reason why there can be that nostalgia bump, not you know, hey, we got the 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 rarely thought of I mean, I'm mean, Pete, the best of all. We got the rarely thought of a thing that you know, the Cam Tono that the guy had for two seconds in Empire Strikes Back, that was a, 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 a ice cream machine. And now, now it's a major feature of like you know, close ups in the stuff and all that. Like, this is the complete opposite of like, look, we turned I'm into still a thing.
1: Trying to get my hands on a Cam Tono from Galaxy's Edge that actually opens up like a safe that you can keep your treasures in. Okay. <laughs>
0: um but i can't argue against the poetry and and to be fair pete i was also the one that was like "Ooh, maybe it's the stuff for when the green bolt goes down the big chamber and whatnot the notion that he's making a part that's going to touch the energy that will lead to his death that is that can't be topped if tony gilroy has said it's for a thing it's not just they're making parts that go out there or it's not a we're going to break your hearts when you find out that they're, you know, whatever. That's got to be what it is.
1: There was a hysterical tweet. There's been a lot of hysterical tweets of late Matt, but I sent it to you. It was the Lego instructions for the thing they're building yes. <laughs> in the prison, which was brilliantly done. Okay. We'll have to tweet it out through our socials. Um, it looks an awful lot like the spokes on a TIE fighter as well um yeah and
0: does wait, it wait, wait, need did, to be j- j- just to close def- the thought there on, on the lego instructions it was your yeah. standard you know like put the thing in there now put the other thing now it's three-sided now now you have a three-sided thing put two three three-sided things together you know so that's one two three four and then in the the, the wording there it was repeat until death <laughs> that Was great parts needed I mean, it's, infinite it's this infinite unchecked. that yes yeah
1: undefeated brilliance of the internet as usual. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, there's a verified Kino Loy account yet, but I'm sure there will be. Um, but, you know, is there a way to do it? And it wasn't death star parts. I, I think there is. And, you know, let's say it's a, it's a tie fighter part or whatever, just, just that they were working on the tools of enslavement, of enforcement. I mean, that's a classic prison idea, um, you know, both in history and in storytelling. Um, so, I, I, you know, we talked about the sadism that, all right, if they were taken apart on other floors, we saw in every room they showed us, they were all assembling the same thing um you know does it come up with the news of this jailbreak oh the imperial widget factory on narquina 5 has gone down in production because of this jailbreak what you know is is that a way to load it in both expositionally and emotionally um interesting to see how that might
0: work i do think that you're very wise to zoom in on the one line you know that that no one knows what's going on here i think beyond the i think that's more than a door to like oh man so when you know when um it's being watched on the the, the, the screen news or whatever it might be, we're going to see it spread. Like, I think there's going to be more of that sense of astonishment. And again, I don't know how we're going to do it in two, in the next two episodes, but some sort of it being a spark to bring more people to the rebellion or have them question more. You know, I, I hate the rebellion, but, but, but what can I possibly do? You know, like getting involved somehow more. So um, again, I'm just looking at that schedule saying, I don't kn- they could do a lot in two 50-minute episodes, let alone Pete. Let me let me drop a, a, a satiated thought here. You know, do we do we click on Andor 112 and go, oh my goodness, it's a 65 minute maybe yes, although it is worth mentioning. Tony Gilroy has recently noted, you know, uh, we are an extremely efficient show. We're not one of those overfunded shows. We don't really have deleted scenes because everything that we have either uh worked or if it didn't work it got mildly repurposed or reshot but we don't have just stuff laying around because we don't have fat on this we have you know it's all it's all meat here um oddly he said that days before uh disney ceo bob chapek is preparing the entire company for lots of belt tightening and job loss and things like that so if nothing else tony gilroy really reading the tea leaves to say we're an extremely expensive but very very efficient show
1: i think two one it doesn't need to be tied up this season that object what they were constructing could become you know something down the road oh my god it was this in episode four of the second season and that we're getting two seasons of this show at 12 apiece, you know, everybody who's watched to this point. Yeah. There were some people that checked out early cause it was slow for them, whatever. Okay. Um, has been impressed with the level and the type of storytelling that, that star Wars has not had to this point. Um, is it star Wars and it's, ultimate form i mean star wars is it at its core is good evil the force light in the dark that kind of thing you know th- this show doesn't traffic in the cutesiness. i mean <laughs> b2 emo <laughs> yeah where is he <laughs> we haven't seen him in forever uh so it, it's kind of like even when they decide to make the the Derrigare cutesy droid, he's MIA.
0: Hopefully he comes back soon because darn it, Bob JPEC I'm sure is going to want to move some, (laughs) you know, B2 EMOs for this holiday season and special B2 EMO commemorative cups at both Galaxy's Edge is Galaxy's Edge singular. I guess it's both because it's one town. It's one town occurring in two places. So both Galaxy's Edge, I think would be the, proper grammatic way to put that it's the same day in the they same clone place. The place they did they did clone the place um as to your comment you're kind of in passing comment you know is it the greatest star wars thing ever or whatnot let me ask you this pete is it the greatest star wars show of this calendar year because we had part of uh book of we had most of if i got this we'll roll back book of boba fett first episode december 29th we'll call that uh december 29th 2021 we'll call that 2022 book of boba fett kenobi and andor andor is definitely the top of those three right
1: i don't have children but i would love them all equally and i view star wars as my children and i have to (laughs) love them all equally it it's so different Each of them just so very different from one another trafficking in the same universe, but going about it different ways.
0: I would just share if you want to, if you want to call these, these uh, TV shows, star Wars children, um, just looking at the three of this year, I would propose the following. We had nothing but praise and fun and adventure and great times for six weeks, the six weeks that were the Obi Wan Kenobi series. I feel like, in a weird way, it is, as the middle child, also ironically, it's kind of the Kenobi series is quickly being forgotten because it's like, Pete, do you remember how that entire, basically the entire, the entirety of the show, albeit the six episodes, it was like, we're gonna have Kenobi in just about every scene. And it's either Kenobi being chased by riva or kenobi being chased by darth vader or darth vader chasing riva or telling riva she wasn't good enough and you had some princess leia stuff in there that was really good but it was kind of like there's your quartet and that's it versus pete miro was basically a glorified extra in this episode and that somehow is not a slam even though she's maybe the greatest new character to come out of this show um the greatest new star wars character so just the i just week after week continues to be amazed and i also i i also have to wonder too is there a discussion going on at lucasfilm you know are we doing the wrong thing doing six episode shows disney plus you know bob Chapek told us do six episode doodads because of some pete of some formula that somebody came up with at some point I guess, for Disney, that six episodes is somehow a sweet spot. Clear well, it clearly was the there's... wrong thing for Andor, and and thank goodness they, they have not done it like that.
1: But at the same time, you're, you're hearing great reviews, but they're trying to say the viewership is down. Remember the, the streaming viewership, only they know... Um, and we have ad-supported models of all the streamers being rolled out right now, but also the idea that the streaming numbers are behind. I, I think they're going to find th- that people check out and/or at a delay is 12 episodes for a season cumbersome compared to, you know, let's say the Disney Plus, you know, model. Six two nine episodes, your Marvel, your Star Wars. Um, you know, I still haven't seen a number on Willow, what they're going to offer. But it is shocking to me that Obi-Wan Kenobi was a couple months ago. Not that I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And, you know, all these Star Wars shows this year, I think back on Waking Up, Early, you know, watching Book of Boba Fett even into, you know, last year when it premiered. And, you know, the, the hype has been here for these shows. Um, again, just the difference that they go about it with and, you know, I think Andor winds up being so unintentionally Funny just in the way like, oh, my God, this just took place. And, and that happened. I can't wait to see how they wrap this up.
0: Well, to respond to your general comment on you know streaming numbers are down, I think what happened was when it was just Netflix and Netflix was self-reporting all the other, you know, all the other entertainment companies. Did you know said, that
1: everyone in our galaxy watched the latest Adam Sandler streaming movie
0: um i think it was things like that that had hollywood you know old school hollywood going well we you know got to get on board with this and so forth otherwise netflix is gonna you know, gobble us up then i think when they dug into it i mean all of these streamers have had their have had their big hits certainly but i think that all the streamers figured out uh the emperor has less clothes than you thought and... not this
1: emperor because <laughs> that was worse
0: that we, that's true but but i think to to say hey there's ancillary numbers to say that though Andor is getting loving praise um from people watching it and loving praise from the press and so forth and oscar nominee tony gilroy says it's the most beloved thing he's ever done and all of that and how wonderful it is and that 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 can be all true but if you're the person in charge of the graph to say here's how many people in a week watched you know episode one and two and three and the number keeps going down um i suspect now again there might be other reasons why as you're saying pete people are going to discover it when it's all done with and it's going to forever live on disney plus and gain you know power to the glorious catalog and things of that sort that's all true but if they're looking for a return on investment it's 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 industry-wide that they're going whoa streaming is not this is not the new is not the new broadcast TV. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. And that's why all these companies are now going to be getting rid of a bunch of people. So, that's a long way to say maybe Andor came along at the perfect time, created, conceived, greenlit in you know, in a time where money was just falling from the skies. I mean, heck Pete, what happened to the 5 season, 12 episode per season thing? Tony Gilroy now says, "Oh, can you can you believe that we thought we might be able to do that? We're working so hard. <laughs> we we couldn't possibly do more than two seasons because we're working so hard. No, that was a Disney decision to say we're going to do 24 episodes and that's it. So even then, even in that model, they reduced. I don't know whether it was fully ordered, but they they Disney ultimately has wanted less Andor episodes than maybe Tony Gilroy wanted to make." But i think andor has existed in this time where you can get away with two 12 episode seasons because i look at all these things all these things listed here i don't think five years from now we're doing you know i don't think marvel is digging as deep to find you know an iron heart or or an agatha spinoff i don't know that i don't know that an and i don't know that the next andor show whatever that looks like. I don't know that that gets made six years from now. I think that they go, yikes, numbers are on the way down. You know who people like? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi, season two. the Searching on the more desert for the more watching of Luke. And look, it's it's the guy, it, it, Ewan McGregor, more him. So thank goodness Andor has happened when it has.
1: So they get out of the prison. We only see... Uh, Andor and Melshi running, again, barefooted in the sands there, Uh, two crafts not seeming to chase, more so searching, uh, as they run into the night there, illuminated by three moons. Um, Where are the other escapees?
0: it will be interesting in a show that almost from day 1 has been upfront to say in a rebellion you lose people and there's kind of yes this episode says luthen's formula luthen's calculus but that in retrospect that seems to be an underpinning to the whole show would i be surprised to hear the imperial news network or maybe it would be more like imperial news um to hear that of the 5000 escapees 2000 drowned 1000 drowned i think that there's that possibility there also flip side pete hold on you know these escapees these refugees swimming to freedom finding it on the shore still being on the run as their status is illegal and so forth oh wait tony gilroy i see what you're doing there so what's the status of all the others or many of the others I think either you say, ooh, Empire squashes them in their boot. Well, that's not where we're at in the Star Wars timeline. Things are headed more and more towards the full-blown rebellion. The notion of an immigration metaphor here without the show necessarily overdoing it. um, Although, Pete, I can't wait. If there is a Twitter next week, uh, I'm sure some people will say, oh, man, you have Diego Luna hitting the beach. How dare you make my star wars so political and you know make it like it's some sort of underdog against the government how dare you do that for the first time um but i i I feel like there's the opportunity here to for the show to paint these escapees as refugees
1: clearly there's got to be some apparatus to move the things they were constructing on top of that you have, uh, transports coming, bringing new inmates. So there's gotta be some way for Andor and Melshi to get out. It's not like he's going to pick up a space phone and contact Luthen. Hey, can you, can you give me a ride? Um, you know, but again, that they were in a facility where there were boots on racks where they came through, and knowing they were heading out, I, I just, I can't get over it. You got to protect your feet, man.
0: Um, I know we had joked about the Kino Loy Dark Knight Rises kind of coda. Look, he lived. Maybe Pete. Maybe here's how Andor and Melshi get off uh Narquina five it's next week's episode it's a month later and there they are on another world entirely there they are sneaking back to uh to ferrix you know like we don't need to necessarily see that I, I i do think it would be compelling to see it it would be an opportunity maybe we sit and see the the A new kind of shuttle or something that could be turned into a toy or a lego or a has labs kind of thing um but let's not lose sight of the fact that narratively narratively we as the audience would very much accept like not for nothing the show is called andor and if you don't even know about the timeline i think andor is going to not die next week let alone if you know the timeline he and Melshi make it to rogue one so i think there's an argument to be made hey writing room don't waste our time with you know and then they sneak into the big shuttle and they're in the back and then it takes off and it's cold but then they find that it's got a bunch of parkas and then they what and then they go over whatever planet and they jump out like they're you know jumping off the the freight train. you could just do a hard cut and go you know man uh former Keith now how I call Cassie and Andor I can't believe we escaped a month ago here we are on the the river planet. Making our way slowly back to Ferex to check on your ma. Like, that's that's a narrative option as well. To have Cassian become a believer
1: in the power of rebellion, of this rebellion as a result of this prison experience, you know, he had to go through the change and to see this happen and to have people like Olof and Kino become... Formative people i mean we're still going to resolve the storyline with his mother i think that's really going to cement it but you know he's bought in now
0: well i think one of the overall theses to the show is something that Luthen has said and others in terms of moving people off of inaction into action um i think in our world you know we've just concluded uh a week where there's been you know there there were elections on Tuesday and oh man Pete some people who maybe 2 years ago or 6 months ago were like hey what me no they're not going to cause any trouble for me now all of a sudden oh wait time to move from complacency and and inaction to uh action in this case in our world at the ballot box and so forth um i'd even like to propose Pete are the biggest villains in this show uh not part of not miro and so forth is it the 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 highborn muckety mucks at um mon mothma's party you know circa episode five or so you know that are like um uh, you know oh well the, these laws are only for people who are bad oh i'd like to have another drink we don't need to talk about making laws better and Keeping a watchful eye over government. Let's just have some more space champagne. Are they the biggest villains, Pete?
1: Well, that's just the thing. What are, you know, Davos Skaldin's previous dealings with Perrin? Um, did he give him money to buy space Twitter?
0: Um, I, again, I just feel like Perrin is the kind of guy who goes to goes to a space a space uh establishment spends a lot of money there and then just goes home and wonders why his wonder wonders what his wife's fault is that his marriage isn't better that kind of thing um i will say this just to build off on it i know we discussed this a bit in the recap portion i can see now how the mention of perrin was actually way to go perrin marriage you know the the money plan paying for the money plan marriage you know i I see that shape now um i guess i'd like to get more i'd like to see perrin a la um scarface style i would love to see perrin just like doing space cocaine in some seedy den spice and (laughs) You know, and, and Mon Mothma's like, you know, that's it. I, I just something I, I want to come up and preparing, but again, we have two episodes left. Are we gonna get that this season, Pete?
1: I don't think so. I, I think a lot of these storylines will be more satisfyingly served into the second and final season. I mean, of course Lita is gonna meet Davos Goldon's son and she's going to want to marry him right which is going to be the thing that's going to drive mom mothma nuts
0: um agree she she is she
1: is going to run headlong into her prison not seeing yes you know difference of time and cultures you know teaching romeo and juliet to um, you know, modern day children and having them get creeped out that, you know, uh, a girl in the Renaissance at thirteen would have not only been married, but already a happy mother maid, as Shakespeare tells us. Um and that Romeo's approximately 17, about the same that Paris is when he comes asking for Juliet's hand and helping students to understand that, OK, you were fighting the plague.
0: You,
1: you were dying in childbirth. You know, you were having children as soon as you could because they were losing so many. Um, and obviously that's not the case in the Star Wars universe, hence the need to set this up. The betrothal for Mon Mothma and and Perrin, obviously out of their hands. Uh, Marriage of convenience, marriage of whatever you want to call it. Uh, They've made it work, though it's not worked in a long time. And, you know, the future Lita Skulden, if you even take the last name of, your husband in the shandrilan culture you know this is going to happen and it's going to obviously make things even more complicated and difficult if not ultimately you know end several of these characters
0: while i know you are ultimately proposing a more uh, equal than not uh star wars universe of this time period i just want to point out this is the same roughly the same star wars time period in which uh in which uh senator amidala apparently had no uh obstetrical care or at least that's how george wrote it because i think i think people have 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 fairly concluded because george is a boy so he doesn't know much about that stuff but maybe it's Goes from a from a from a bug to a feature in that maybe there is this implicit, at least in some cultures like Chandrillan culture, maybe there is the implicit uh, gender bias and so forth, even on a fancy place such as uh, Coruscant. Um, quick <laughs> side note, Pete, I saw a brief video on YouTube in the last week that was talking about how. This version of Coruscant doesn't look like the one from the prequels. And it's like, I was just watching it going, you do understand this is an entire planet that has a city on it. Like, that's like saying... It's
1: also now under imperial rule that's not, you know, the golden age compared to that. Uh, I have never not bought that this isn't the same planet that we saw in the prequels. And they've shown us multiple places here. It's not like we're only in the shiny, shiny. You know, we've we've been in the Senate. We've we've been down in the, you know, lower levels here in in this episode. We've been in kind of the metro areas. Like, what? How is it unbelievable that it's it's the same planet? I, yeah, I I think you're really really going too far in terms of the criticism
0: if the video was made in good faith i would just say it's kind of like saying hey when i walk watch succession that takes place largely in lower manhattan that looks different than the supposed same new york of daredevil yeah because it's like 50 blocks like it's the same city it's the same manhattan let alone if you sit and go here's a house in staten island which is part of new york city which is not going to look the same as billionaires row overlooking central park like can can we it's a giant city planet can we assume that it has whatever you need as long as it looks like a city and you don't see grass as long as it looks like a concrete jungle with flying cars it's coruscant and it works um so that's all i have to say about that
1: Last one from me, Matt. The pattern of Luthen's lying to Saw Gerrera. Oh yeah, that wasn't us that. Al- that was you at Aldani. No, it was you, wasn't it? Uh, we'll we'll uh, flatter each other. And here, yeah, we we were invited to Aldani, but we respectfully declined. You know, we're not going to do it on luck. Um, does he truly trust no one?
0: i think he trusts clea i think he's very wisely built this um he has wisely built his rebellion i mean pete can you imagine how stupid you'd need to be to be in part of a rebellion and to like literally broadcast what you're doing let alone leave easy to find breadcrumbs like what you posted on social media websites and things of that sort like he's a smart guy so I think it makes story sense.
1: So before, like, space January 6th, to to say, like, everything changes tomorrow was would be a bad idea?
0: Hey, welcome to the Luthan YouTube channel. I'd like to say, <laughs> down with the Emperor, and I'm coming for you tomorrow when we attack Aldani. Um, I think that's a... Just wonderful, stone scars, guard impression. I just did. <laughs> if anybody what? out there what? thought he actually had had joined us here, it was actually it was my impression. It was not actually the the vaunted actor. But um, I like the idea that he's created this thing, and he's created no pun intended. He's created this wall around himself where he's kind of got these machinations of the people around him and the people. You know, he kind of threw several series of orbits you know he can push clay to go talk to somebody who talks to somebody and then aldani happens and things of that sort i think that's an interesting character construction i think too the fact that he knows and clay has reminded him he needs to uh pete i won't say what richard nixon once told general eisenhower i'll use the other version of it he needs to fish or cut bait and kind of become public in this that's a really interesting notion if this guy has created this thing quietly it's also an, an interesting notion well, this, up against
1: this speech is the last stop before that he is going to be forced out and on the run i mean the discussion of you know go bags in this place in that place and the the fondor as as an escape route like That's going to happen. He's not going to be the gallery owner by day and, you know, uh, resistance fomenter at other times with disguises, at least not in this incarnation for very much longer at all.
0: I would agree, but I would say to what end? I mean, prior to this past week and Tony Gilroy, I think perhaps overly tipping his hand. To say that, to, to heavily suggest that Stellan Skarsgård is back next season. Okay, that's all well and good. That gives us ultimately a five-year scope. But like, and Pete, I was going to say this unironically. I suppose the answer to my next question is yes. But Pete, do you think they're actually going to do some sort of special edition where now all of a sudden Luthen is there, you know, on Yavin 5 and you Luthen is there at Hoth, and so, por- so forth. forth. It's no. Star Wars. They certainly could. But I mean, pro- my point I being, probably not.
1: I, I hope that's gone with George. Yes, he was constrained at the time to not be able to do the things. And it was also a playground, you know, a laboratory for the prequels and what they could do. But notice it's never happened since. You know, Star Wars has moved into the more traditional idea of, hey, there were some deleted scenes and we'll we'll throw you those in a home video release, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, for all the lionization of George Lucas and and listen, the, the man is the architect of my childhood and much of my dreams, but. The meddling after the fact, you know, for a guy who, who I quote all the time that great works aren't finished, they're abandoned, goes back to great works and meddles with them. Um, so, no, I, I don't think that'll ever happen, and I would really caution against that ever happening. rebel spies have sent us some secret transmissions
0: so pete i really i'm proud of this poll because it's kind of optimistic for an episode that i mean it's a great episode but it's got it's got you know emotional challenges to it so uh the poll was this it's a new day on andor you never know what skills you'll need for the rebel alliance uh what would you work on uh, for the star wars version of you so uh 9.1 of people said they would work on plumbing skills uh for that you know <laughs> toilet work um hey look we all know when you need a good plumber those are important skills uh 36.4 say that they would work on acting to help lead the double life like young uh 9.1 said muscles for climbing uh can i just point out that the people who couldn't do any of the climbing probably are still back there like that that's I maybe mean, there should have been some more votes there but pete tear in my eye here 45.5 percent said that they would work on swimming skills for the dive that is ahead uh, some replies here on twitter james is sagacious big killing on twitter mon and davos were so perfect they seemed artificial i felt like a child when they were speaking about her husband and married customs i was wound tight the entire episode i'm already mad that season two is so far away Uh, JT Adkins, JTA's me, says now Andy Serkis has his very own Sons of Scotland speech to his credit. The optimist in me says that next week uh, we find out the Kino stole a shuttle and comes back and picks our heroes up. What a tense, awesome episode! I actually don't hate that, Pete. Like, like, yeah, I would not sit and go, "Oh, well, it's impossible." Like, guess what? Five thousand people just broke out of jail. Okay, I know it's not every. I know every little last one didn't make it to the top of the thing and jump in the water, but. You want to sit and go, oh, the lights are coming closer, uh, Melshi. They're coming close, and Kino's on the shuttle or something. Like that would work. Um, Bob Keeley, it's at R on Twitter, says, "Wow, what a great episode! This three-episode arc has perhaps been my favorite of any Star Wars since the Disney Plus era began. The direction and pacing were tight and exciting. The dialogue snappy and crisp, and the acting outstanding." uh at jackie wolf on twitter says i need to wax poetic about the acting in the show for a moment one thing that stuck out to me was how most of the escaping prisoners handled their weapon with a degree of uncertainty uh, of uncertainty exactly as most people would this episode made me think how the original movies mention the plans for the death star were acquired at great cost one way out made me reconsider just how much sacrifice went into those moments uh, at steve thurbridge on twitter said since we first met andor shooting his contact in rogue one sacrifice is a theme of his story it's all around him this cast scene has yet to accept that theme it's coming circus and Skarsgård gave great soliloquies but o'reilly shuddering was heartbreaking uh, at noel camille that's uh, noel gardner said another phenomenal episode andy circus is a treasure this was a heartbreaking episode from kino to mon mothma to the double agent so much sacrifice went into the rebellion. Even knowing how the story ultimately ends, I'm excited for what comes next. Uh, and uh, Andre Yeager at Dr. in 1983 says, a masterclass in acting. Luther, Luthan's and Kino's speeches were Emmy-worthy. I was on the edge of my seat the whole episode, and I didn't even mention uh, Mon Mothma, who was excellent as well. Each episode is better than the next. I have no idea where we will be next week, which is certainly true uh we hear from ben larson at larson ben seems like every week for the last six weeks i've come away from the episode uh saying to myself well that was the best episode of the series and they keep topping it the next week well that was an immaculate episode of television bring on episode 11 can't wait uh then pete uh lastly here we hear from spider ham lincoln Tess lc 139 on twitter who says gosh what to say it was really really good the title applies to many the prisoners, Mon Mothma's financial predicament, uh, Davo's price concerning her daughter, Lani's role as an ISB mole, and Marva's fate, even though we didn't see her this time. Luthen's speech about sacrifice was beautiful and tragic, and Kino's leadership during the breakout was inspiring. Will we see Kino again? Did he drown or escape? This was another tremendous chapter and a very satisfying story. I've heard some other, less fantastic ph podcasters complain that the that the show andor doesn't feature the title character, the title character enough character. No. to that i say the creators decided to call the show andor because most every central character either revolves around him or their actions are influenced by him one way or another cassian andor doesn't have to be in every scene but he is the center of this longer story they're telling uh, the same would uh, could be said about the Kenobi series, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. Some people aren't happy unless they're complaining again. Uh, I guess I think the show is great. I think Pete, we agree with him. Absolutely, Matt.
1: To Facebook, Matt, where uh, Lauren Cusrow writes into the Fantastic Geek Facebook page about Episode Nine. Nobody's listening. This was a great episode, anticipating Kino Loy helping with a jailbreak should be fun. And Myra or Mira, um, sorry if I'm mispronouncing, uh, Gillis said, just watched now because I tried to spread the show and podcast throughout the week. I have just been so impressed with this show. I hope they get out of that prison on Wednesday.
0: Pete, funny you should mention Lauren, because Lauren also sent an email, which I guess is a reminder, particularly as Twitter slowly melts down, got your Facebook, got your Gmail. There's something else, Pete. I'm genuinely not trying to tease it. We haven't had an opportunity to talk about this. There's another thing that we've talked about off mic that maybe for next week's episode we will either say, hey, there's not another thing or there's another, there's something we need to talk about off mic that could be a really easy way, another way that people might want to get in touch um but let's hear from you know more from lauren i guess she had more to say after uh facebook there matt and pete great episode yesterday jailbreak hooray and we finally got to see the purpose of what the purpose of cutting that pipe was i'm hopeful that we'll see kino Loy again i really enjoyed his character if that was the end for him especially after that rousing speech that got all the inmates up and out i'll be really bummed also according to circus kino Loy and snoker are not connected and last we know who the hidden rebel is in the isb not who i expected but then that's the point right a little unsettling to see the ruthlessness of luthan in that scene uh, and yet seeing the aspect of the rebellion or him telling vel to kill andor makes it more gritty and real because there are stakes and what they're fighting for is much bigger than them also wondering what's happening on Ferrix with marva cinta and bix that moment in the episode was strange and brief, but I got the sense that the groundwork is being laid for something. Uh, stay fantastic. And that is from Lauren. So, Pete, will we find out more about... Let's start with Bix. Will we find out more about Bix next week? or are we going to save it for the following week? Or are we going to wait until the one year later that will open up episode two in, like, two years from now?
1: I mean, we left her in the clutches of the Empire. She's the one who can identify Luthan. Um So do they break her out? Does, does he try to spirit her away somehow? I mean, it, it's coming back to Ferex Cassian's going to want to try to go home um, for his adoptive mother with her health failing here i I think we're headed for tragedy certainly i see um vix surviving to the second season
0: and certainly pete keeping us going into the second season and all the other things that we podcast are those who support us on patreon.com fantastic geek uh looking at that 2023 calendar which is getting here you know sooner and sooner whether it's you know, Secret Invasion, more Star Wars content, Star Trek coming back in the winter as well. Uh, could not do it without that listener support.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. All sorts of levels to choose from. Uh, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you in that door. Can't contribute this month? Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating or review, which helps us just as much
0: pete as discussed at the top of the podcast we will be uh discussing black panther wakanda forever on marvel movie monday so certainly we'll uh look forward to that we'll look forward to hearing what people had to say as they see it this weekend as well and of course we're back next star wars saturday for andor episode 111 the penultimate episode of the season with that i will say adios to all the listeners and give you pete the final word power doesn't panic